Hey Rippers, are you learning how to surf? But have you got a clue? Or are you a big old kook? Since there's a million ways to kook it, you should stick around and learn a few things. Because if you don't know, let me tell you right now that surfers love to spot a kook. But don't get all stressed about it, because everyone kooks it once in a while. And that's the reason we started KookCast. Because the more you know, the less you'll kook it. <laughs> so bust out your swimmies and get ready to learn. KookCast is here to lead you on your journey out of kookdom one episode at a time. And hopefully, offer you some traction on this slippery slope between kookery and killing it. I'm your host, Coach Chris. Along with Coach Evan, we started the surf coaching and education resource, thesurfcontinuum.com. All right, folks, we got another archive find here that we're calling the Delusional Surfer's Guide to Reality. And it's not an episode for everyone, I hope. I'd like to think our long-term students and dedicated listeners of the show have their surf priorities in order. We recorded this one with a very specific kind of surfer in mind, one that we run into often in our private sessions with new students eager to achieve some more advanced levels of surfing before they've really immersed themselves and become masters of the foundational stuff. Before we get into the show, let me fill you in on our surf trip situation. We're going to Baja in February via San Diego and it's all inclusive. You just got to get yourself to San Diego. Our first round trip is fully booked, but the second round leaving the 15th has one spot left. Also, we're going to Costa Rica in the beginning of March and we have some spots available if you'd like to join us. This will be a great trip for beginner to intermediate surfers looking to get that fully immersive time learning and or improving your surfing. We got a killer place to stay and all your meals covered. Uh, it's going to be a good time. For more info on either trip, you can write to me directly using the email address info at thesurfcontinuum.com. And now our episode. So, uh, all right. So this isn't a new topic for us, but we haven't done it in a while. And, uh, Damn, it comes up often between us, just personally. Have we done a delusional surfers situation? Yeah, we have. We have. We had. We had like a more extensive list, and I really like the way this one goes because it kind of is a little bit more consolidated into the categories that really just kind of get under our skin a little bit, you know? And, and it starts off with just the whole element and, and characteristic of humility, and that's one of the biggest things lacking in... Uh, the delusional surfer. That's like one of the first telltale signs of, of the delusional surfer is the lack of humility, you know, thinking you know something, you know, because even, even the most, like you were saying just before we started recording, even the most experienced, even the most expert people in whatever they do, never mind surfing, skiers, carpenters, you know, whatever, kind of have this like downplay. They subdue the, the praise they get from other people. Right, let, like let your actions do the talking. Right, you know, you don't have to talk yourself up on land. You don't. You just go out there and do your thing, and then and then it'll be clear that that you know what you're doing there. You know, that's like a big red flag for somebody to be like, oh yeah, I've been surfing for years. I know what's going on out here. I'm right. I'm yeah. moved on. You know, we start. We you know we usually start a session like say with a new person. We're like, all right, we're just gonna start with the fundamentals. Just show us that you got your paddling and your board control skills down, and then we can move. 
and they you know anybody who's like oh yeah i got you know i got that down you know we're like okay here we go here we go <laughs> right right <laughs> it's the sure sign that you don't have it down because anybody that knows that they have it down first of all will second guess themselves and be like well maybe i don't let me make sure let let me just be quiet right now shut my mouth up you know, I, I'm the one that signed up for this session. <laughs> right, right. So let me let me prove myself with what I can do. And if I'm not doing it well, I'm sure they'll tell me, you know, and, and of course, that's always how it goes. I can't think of a single exception where somebody told me, no, 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 I got it. I, I didn't find multiple things that I was like, no, you're seriously lacking in this department. And then the person who's like, yep, nope, start from the beginning. Just assume I know nothing has actually got something, you know, got something under their belt and show that they, uh, they've actually put some time in. Yeah, this, this point of humility and being humble and, and then just, you know, goes hand in hand with what Coach Chris says often is just no ego. Don't have an ego with this whole surfing journey and it'll, it'll be a lot more fun and you won't find yourself, you know, saying something that, that you know, that you can't really words. do. Yeah, eating yeah. your words. So <laughs> just this whole no ego approach really will serve you in, in, in surfing and uh, the humility thing. Huge. Right. And it's the first step into back to reality, you know, into being somebody who's just like grounded and, and presents themselves in a way that's respectable and has people around you being like, no, dude, what are you talking about? Like you, you got something going on here, you know, rather than the other way around where they're like snickering and talking under their breath. Like, what is he talking about? This guy doesn't know how to fucking paddle. Right. Right. <laughs> and, and again, we tell our students all the time is like, we're still working on our paddling. We are still, you know, obsessed with getting to be a better paddler and figure out a, you know, we're having these little breakthroughs in, in board positioning, um, you know, form, what's, what's the best form for our bodies and the best form for the boards that we're riding. And definitely, like, I'm, I'm still always messing around with my stroke, you know, like, how I'm changing the direction of where my hand goes more underneath the board as opposed to just off to the side of the board. Just little mm -hmm. things like that. Like we're still working on all these things. We're still figuring out ways to do a more efficient prone turn in, you know, towards the peak and get it turned, you know, get it turned around and pointing down the line in time, you know. Mm -hmm. It makes me think of the way I feel about like, like listening to my car, like I guess listeners of the show know, I really love engines. I love like my car, you know, and like I'm no expert, but you know, I just appreciate being sensitive to it. And like, I'm always listening to it. I'm always kind of like, Ooh, was that something new? Was that a new noise? Was that a new thing? Does, was that there before? And I feel like that's how I want to be a, as a paddler and, and a fundamentalist in general, you know, is like, what's just listening just being in tune you know and not dismissing it as something like yeah i got that like i don't need to think about it anymore but just constantly paddling over to a peak just like you said and, and just mindfully doing it in a way that i'm like let's see how smooth how effortless how little output i need to do what i want to do you know and make it as because like that makes me the happiest too. going back to the car analogy is like the least amount of strain and load i feel from the engine makes me happier and it makes my body happier when I have that like least amount of strain and load and you're just like lifted off by a wave, you know, with minimal uh, strain on your body. 
Absolutely. And so I just I think that that's just such a good encouragement for people to remind to remember like if we're still doing it, if your coaches are still thinking about like the most simple things like that, then you should be too. Absolutely. And then let's just go right into this this whole um, this thinking that you know anything about board design. Like we, again, we've been at this a long time. We've been surfing a long time. We every time we get on a new board, we're like, "Wow, this is a whole new animal," and it takes a a lot of you know of of work to be in tune and really know what's going on with your board. So that's a great place to be very humble and and profess that you know nothing about right. board design. Um, it's I've been you know I've been transfixed by board building and all the little intricacies of design you know, for, you know, over 15 years now. And, and I still have these boards that come by me or boards that I build that I ride and I'm like, oh, wow, I really don't know what's going on with this thing. So it kind of does get under our skin when people, it's, it's more like kind of blaming the board for their, you know, lack of performance or having a hard time catching waves or st stuff like that. Um, mm -hmm. that's, that's where this stems from. Just that, you know, that not not really being stoked to hear people start talking about board design when it's it's not time to start talking about that. Right, right. Well, you know, this. So remember that the title of this episode is the delusional surfer's guide to reality. And like one of your very important instructions for getting back to reality is to stop blaming the board. It's not the board. And, and and then to take to this next level, because how many times have we run into this where someone's like, oh, I think I need this board. Oh, I need this board. Nope, nope, I was right the first time. No, it was never the board. Someone will take that board and do just fine with it out there. Like, you know, it just, it's just drives you crazy when someone's willing to do everything. Go buy a new board. Go do this. Go do that. But not just get out there and keep working at it, you know, right. whatever board it takes, like. Man, it took me so long to get my first surfboard and it was the worst board I probably could have ever had for myself as a beginner, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's this little short board, you know, and here I am, a 12-year-old, just like thinking I can figure it out. And, you know, I did eventually. It yeah. took me a longer time than it should have because it was the wrong board. But the point is, like, the board was not the, the problem. It was just I needed to learn how to surf. Right. I needed to learn how to paddle. And I gave myself a tougher, harder journey, but in the end, that paid me back tenfold because I put so much time in having to learn on something that required so much of a higher precision. So much of a, like, it, thankfully I was a kid, you know, and you have that patience when you're a grom to just keep trying and trying and trying and not really evaluate the progress you're making. Um, but yeah, it's not the board. It's not the board, especially nowadays. Like, Every board works, you know, they all, we're all, all these shapers are building boards based off of tried and true design elements. There's like, you're not riding some experimental board. You're probably riding some pop out, some torque, some wave storm, some, you know, and people, people are riding those boards good too. So if you're not, it's not the board. Right. It's, it's not, not the, board. the board. And, and, and stop claiming that, you know, anything about design because some of my favorite shapers are still, again, super humble and like, oh, this is, you know, I'm pretty much still shooting in the dark. I, I try these wild one off shapes and all of a sudden, like something comes to me and I learn something that I had no idea about design with, you know, so, so, you know, be, 
pull pull back on that. Keep keep that out of your surf vocabulary. Talking about board design, you know, three fins, four fins, five fins, six fins. It doesn't matter, you know. It it doesn't matter for you, for most for most of us. Even Coach Chris says he's like I'm like asking him about how the board feels. He's like, dude, I don't I don't really know yet. Like I need <laughs> I need a lot more time with this. And then thing. even then, even then, I'm like, uh, is it the tail or the fins that I feel like this element of? Like, you know, I never feel like I'll I'll really truly understand. You know, I have theories, but I'll never go as far to claim I know. You right. know, until um, we until we get our day at the at the surf ranch where we get like an endless amount of waves and we can just like start picking through them. You know, like yeah, stick yeah, with yeah. the same board, go from thruster to quad. Okay, then go back to quad and then switch out the fins. You know, like try a totally different template or something like that. Like that's really the only way that we're gonna ever be able to kind of have some consistent variable. Surfing is so all over the place, and waves are so you know throughout the sessions change so much that you really can't you you really can't put your finger on it. So yeah, yeah. stop trying <laughs> <laughs> and stop telling people that you know. Um, all right, so I like this next instruction for you to get yourself back to reality, but it's not the conditions either. You know, it's not, it's not the wind, it's not the tide, it's, it's none of it. It's, it's you again. <laughs> yeah, surfers who have this thing down, it, it's not conditional based, it's not based on the board. It, they can go out anywhere in the world with any board. It's, it's your mindset and it's your skill set. Right, right. And like, that's not to say that like, a good surfer or, or even a, a regular average surfer can't do better on better equipment that they're more used to or something like that. The point is, though, that they can go out there and do the basic element of what surfing is, you know, just go catch a wave and run it down the line, you know, and have the sense to know like, oh, this is uncomfortable. This feels different. So nurse the board through those sections or stay low through the chop and bad conditions, whatever it is like. But it's the surfer that's doing that, that adjusting, and that's what makes a good surfer. Not the board, not the condition, but the surfer themselves and, and having that, that sensitivity to what you're working with to be able to still do it to some degree or another. And, and these are like, these are signs, you know, if like, if you, if you keep blaming the conditions, then stop blaming the conditions. And then like, when it's, when it's shitty and onshore and you know you have difficulties in those conditions, head out there with all this gusto like I gotta crack the code I gotta figure this out you know because there's gonna be all these times where the wind's gonna be on shore or side shore or it's gonna be crowded you know and you gotta get out there and you gotta figure it out there's no other way you gotta yeah. put time in and and what I really like about that too is like ironically when it's poor conditions you, you know, the crowd, the general crowd is saying, oh, it's no good out there, so they're not going to go surf. So one of the worst, the truly worst conditions is not there, the crowd, you know, and that's such a great time to be figuring things out in the water. And man, I, I, I can't say how often and how many surfers have said this, like when the conditions look bad and they go out anyway or whatever, like they missed it, but there's swell and they still, you know, they're there. So they just kind of go out reluctantly and end up having their best session or just having so much fun. Like guys, surfing is fun. 
it's not conditional. It's not based on the wind. It's not based on the time. Surfing itself, riding waves is fun. So you've got to get yourself out of this like rut and of thinking that conditions have to be good to go do it. A, a certain way, you know? Like right, you just right. take whatever it, the ocean throws at you and you go and you, and you work on your craft and you, and you practice because again, we're just like, we're so far off this 10,000 hours in the watermark, you know, to become a, an, a, an expert or, or a, you know, even an intermediate, you know? Like, again, we're like, we're, we're restructuring this, this skill level set, you know, from, from beginner to novice to intermediate to advanced. We're realizing that most people are still in the novice zone because of the hours that they've put in in the ocean you know it's it's it still comes back to that uh you, right. you really do have to and and that's why we always reference like going back to the things that you did as a kid because you it takes like it it makes surf surfing and practicing really fun all those hours that you put in just body surfing and boogie boarding like those hours just click by. When you're just sitting out there waiting for a wave to get a good wave, it's just like, it just drags on, you know? <laughs> That's so true. Yeah. Uh, and all right, so final point is the path to proficiency is simpler than you think. And, and this is all coming from getting a little tired of hearing people like show up and be like, you know, I really, I wanna work on my cutback or I wanna be able to do a, a floater. And kind of getting tricked, getting duped into this a little bit over the years, you know, and being like, oh, okay, all right, we're going out there and working on your cutback. But then that's watching them struggle to turn their board around in a sitting turn and set up the wave in the first place. Or, or, or even just come to good paddling position from the sitting turn. It's like, wait a minute. How are you letting, how am I letting you tell me we were working on our cutbacks out here? You're not even getting on the wave. That's where cutbacks happen. <laughs> like, we got to get you so proficient at catching waves that that is a fluent afterthought. Like, you don't even shuffle around to find position. You are just swinging and hitting and you're on the wave. And, 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 and I like the way you worded it too there, coach, because you said the path to proficiency is simpler than you think. Like... Because I feel like that means to me, when you get your fundamentals down, when your most basic of elements are in surfing, are, are, are like really sound and, and well done, um, the more advanced stuff is really just an evolution of those simple things. Cutbacks, floaters, all that stuff kind of naturally happens. And I remember when we were planning this episode out, we were talking about like, man, do you ever remember learning, quote unquote, to do a floater? Like, do you ever remember learning how to do it? Like, no, like I never learned it. It just kind of happened. Like you just end up on a wave going fast down the line and seeing an oncoming section and being like, oh, I'm going to ride up and down that. And like in a day, all of a sudden you're a person who can do floaters. Right. You know, and, and it, it was like, it's the simple stuff that's complex and evades people, but somehow they, they're just so eager to run before they can walk. And so you, you end up missing both. You never really get good at either of those things because you're not getting on ways to practice your cutbacks like you want. And you're not practicing your fundamentals like you should. So you end up just being this surfer who keeps going out there and not really doing much. Right. You're just, you're in limbo, you know, just like, again, go back to the humility, go back to the, the foundational stuff. And until you, 
until you have your paddling and your board control skills down and put in until you're actually like cognizant of how you get from paddling and catching a wave to standing up and and foot placement and stuff like that like just just only dwell in that zone don't even you know it's it's nice to have you know we all have aspirations of, of surfing beyond our beyond where we are right now and let that be good motivation but don't forget where you're actually at you know mm -hmm. it, you know think about how many hours you put in the ocean okay that that keeps me down here in this this novice bracket until I can really put in this this time that you know that both of your coaches talk about all the time on the KootCast like this incredible amount of time that of course we've lost track of the hours because we've just not worried about what board we're on, not worried about the conditions, been humble and just paddled out. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's the guide. And that's how you get back to reality and actually become something of a surfer, you know, that um, something to be proud of. Absolutely. Hey, great rap with you, coach. Hell yeah, that was, that was a, a very favorite of mine, coach. I really appreciated that one. All right, Cooks, tune in soon. You.